The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome to another wonderful edition of 1111 Talk Radio. I'm excited about my guest, and we will get right into that once I let you know that the 1111 Magazine November-December issue is currently on stands at Barnes & Noble. It has some amazing interviews with Jack Canfield, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Dr. Jean Houston, and many more. And it is themed around self-care, which is such an important place that we all need to look at in our lives. So definitely check that out and see some of the amazing articles and submissions that have been placed by so many beautiful people around the world that are doing incredible work. In addition, I'd love for you to connect with the Mastermind community. If you're needing support in any sort of way, it is a wonderful tool of ongoing coaching support. You can find out about all of that at 1111mag.com. When we look at our lives and the journey of the soul, oftentimes we get to a place where it feels like the dark night of the soul, and that happens to come sometimes more often than we would like. It sometimes is not just a one-time occurrence. And I can tell you that in one of my deepest dark nights, I was brought to the ground many times, and oftentimes what helped me through it and pulled me through it was music. And in many, many cases, it was the music of this one woman that I have on my show tonight. I remember listening to In the Land of I Am or her CD, Pray For Me, and how it would take me deep into the depths of what I was feeling so that I could shed that emotion and release it, and how it would also lift me back up so that I could stand again and face another day. Ricky Byers Beckwith serves as a divine inspiration of upliftment, and she's often referred to as the first lady of New Thought Music. She serves as the music music and arts director to the Agape International Spiritual Center and directs the Agape International Choir of 200 Voices. Her profound mysticism demonstrates through her consciousness and commitment to service. This composer, songwriter, wife, and mother has made a tremendous impact throughout the world, and the originality of her musical style emerged early in her life as she learned from choir directors in the South and worked with leading singers and songwriters of the time. She has just released a wonderful book entitled Let My Soul Surrender, and it's beautiful in the fact that it allows you insight into the stories of how her music is created, and one other wonderful gift within this is a beautiful CD of 15 songs that starts with a song entitled Let My Soul Surrender, so that you can be on this journey with her, and as you're on this journey, you also find the places within yourself that might be mirrored. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ricky Byers Beckwith to 1111 Talk. Radio. 
Oh, well, you know, I, I remember so often when I was just in tears, and the thing that I could cling to in that particular moment was to go to my CD case and pull something out. And I can't tell you how many times I put on Pray For Me or how many times I put on In the Land of I Am, and it just truly lifted me up. And I know that of many people when it comes to your music. It is music that truly touches very, very deeply within a person. Where does the music touch you, Ricky? When it, when you're inspired to create, where is it that it first really hits you in your body? And I think that's true. I know that when I write, it usually is because of great joy or great pain. So there's a lot of emotion involved that must imprint into the writing uh, as, as it does with your songs and into the music. It, it must be imprinted so that the person really does recognize themselves in the words that you're singing. <laughs> you know, and, it, and so I'm trying to learn how to how to be in this relationship. So I was writing and finding my way through the music, and I found colors and gained colors. You know, and it just continues to expand. And so I use those colors when it's time to express. They come to me. And now it's just kind of like a palette of emotion through vibration. 
Well, that's beautiful. And when I was reading the book, when I picked it up and I, I read through the whole thing, the first chapter especially I found incredibly powerful because a lot of people right now, when they're looking for their life purpose or when they want to express creatively, they feel like they really have to push it and do it. And some of the things that you wrote in that first chapter I found to be so profoundly words that people needed to hear. You had gone to a place for a meditation retreat uh, that you and um, Reverend Michael Beckwith were leading and, and many of the people from Agape and around the world were attending to be in meditation. And it was to be a stillness retreat for three days. And although most of the time people would think, yeah, I've got to have the pressure of writing a song or I've got to let that be there, you released yourself from any pressure of delivering new compositions. You knew it could show up, it could not show up. You actually wrote a new song might drop in and it might not. Mm-hmm. But you kept your heart light and free of the obligation of creating anything. Yes. And, and do you think that that's part of the reason that so much comes through you is you don't allow the pressure and you do keep yourself so light and free of the obligation of, of having to create? I do, but I did learn something through the writing of that story, Simran. And what I learned when I wrote it down and, and read after the story was complete, I realized that something was speaking to me because I, I was preparing myself for something great not to happen. And the next retreat, I'm going to celebrate that something great has happened for the last 15 years first. And if something shows up, fine. If it doesn't, that's fine. But that I'm celebrating going through the door instead of kicking and screaming. (laughs) (laughs) We we do tend to do that, don't we? (laughs) Go through that door, kicking and screaming. Oh, Lord. And and sitting still for three days? Go! (laughs) But it's become easier and easier because I... um, in, my, in the deepest part of myself, I know the benefit of, of, of allowing oneself to be still so that we can enter into a trance. And nobody uses those words. We use the words meditation. But it's actually when we shut off the world and allow ourselves to connect with the greatness within, inside of us and without it having any kind of um, intellectual process, this greater intelligence that's, in front, that's inside of us begins to just flow because we were still long enough. And that's what happens with me. I just sat down, that's all. <laughs> but it had to make, you had to make that choice to say, okay, I'm going to sit. Absolutely. And when I sit, almost any time when I sit, so much music flows. I mean, it just, it's just it's something that I get to do this time. And uh, I would like to say that I meditate every day, but I don't do it in the way that Michael does it. Michael sits still and he's, you know... I'm with God when my eyes are open, and then about probably about three to four times a week, I really sit to breathe and to be still, but I'm learning how to be uh, like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but that you know. says something, though, that I think a lot of people need to hear, is that there's not just one way, that we each may have a different way with right. truly connecting to that source. And and for Reverend Michael, it might be sitting very still and breathing and being able to do that for long periods of time. Yes, yes. But for another person, it might be being at the piano or yes, jogging yes. or whatever that they do. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I found something recently that I'd like to share with your listeners, too. Please, please. And that is, like, um, because I walk, I, walk I, I'm a walker, and I love to walk. And that's when I work out all my competition issues because I just love to pass people. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to catch her. <laughs> but anyway, 
I just like let everybody know I'm very, very much on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so I was walking around the park, and I did my walking thing. And then I noticed this rock that's been in the park all this time. The last ten years I've lived in this, we've been in this, in this, in this beautiful home that we live that's close to the park. But I've never sat on the rock. I hug the pine trees and I do all of that stuff. I do my yoga and, you know, and just have a good time in the park by myself. Sometimes I take my shoes off and I do my Native American Indian dance, you know, and I do all the anything that my soul wants to do. I must be hilarious to watch. But this time, like two weeks ago, I sat on that rock. And it, because it faced the sun, so the sun's rising, shining on this rock. And do you know such deep alignment happened between mm-hmm. by my sitting on that rock with the sun, with that clean morning air, even in L.A., and it was incredible. And I was like, whoa. So there's a whole mineral kingdom for us also that is quite a ground that provides quite a grounding so that we may really really connect so i you know i just like the earth when i can sit on my feet touch the earth and i'm sitting on the rocks and hugging the trees that work that that works for me way better than sitting on a cushion in my bedroom and when you do that, because I've seen in, in, in some of your videos or in many of your pictures, you are very much an outdoorsy person, and you are mm-hmm. usually barefoot in, in most of them. So there is a connection that we must maintain to the earth, and is that a strong influence also in your musical life as well? Yes, you- it is. Yes, it is. And when I'm outside, I'm listening to the birds. And, you know, anybody, any of the listeners who walks, and, it's you know, those of us who walk around the park or maybe around a, a track or, you know, a big opening or whatever, we usually walk in circles. And um, uh, I don't mean walk, I mean, like the park is circular. That's what I mean. And so the first time I walk around, the first revolution I'm just, you know, dealing with my um, resistance of getting up early walking. The second revolution, I've, I'm taking in the trees mm. and listening to the birds. The third revolution, I am in total joy. And, and from that place, I'm listening to the birds. They're singing to me. They're giving me patterns of sound. Sometimes I a chant coming, you know, like, you know, and the most recent one, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's very African, uh, Afro-Cuban. Uh, it's the sounds begin to come, so it's just stunning. I just have a great um, awareness of of nature and being outside. I'm close to it. My guest today is Ricky Byers Beckwith, and her new release is Let My Soul Surrender, Grace Notes of a Journey, with a foreword by Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith. There is a music CD included inside. Ricky Byers Beckwith says, A vibration became a feeling. A feeling evolved a thought. A thought produced a mood. A mood inspired the music. Music fashioned a verse. A verse revealed what I or someone else needed to feel. You can connect with Ricky Byers Beckwith at rickybb.com. You can also find out more about the work that Ricky Byers Beckwith and Reverend Michael Beckwith do at agapelive.com. And definitely check out many of her other CDs. If you haven't gotten them, definitely get In the Land of I Am, get Pray for Me, get From Within. Actually, while you're at it, just go ahead and order one of each because you're going to love them all. We'll be right back with Ricky Byers Beckwith. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. 
Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Overflowing with grace as well as Ricky Byers back with trademark honesty, humor, and wisdom. The stories in Let My Soul Surrender provide an intimate look at how the spirit works through Ricky in the creation of her music. In her own voice, one of the most celebrated composers of spiritual music in the world pulls us into her living room, her front porch as a child, a temple with His Holiness the Dalai Lama, or out on tour with James Brown. The stories she tells have the ability to enlighten and uplift as profoundly as the songs themselves. This is a wonderful book of stories that allows you to have a companion CD so that you can enjoy them. And I'd like for you to enjoy a taste of one of her songs, Let My Soul Surrender. Michael Beckwith says that the soulful quality 
that transmits a healing frequency capable of touching people in a vulnerable, raw, profound way is that smoke sound that Ricky Byers Beckwith has, something that he caught on to the first time that he heard her. Simply put, this woman can sing. It's definitely true. You have a beautiful, beautiful voice, and it, it, it touches deeply. And what I love about that particular song was when you were at that particular meditation place, you saw something within another person, and you put words to what you saw in their eyes. And I know that sometimes when I'm with people, I see something in them because I have been in that place. I've felt that. And I, I often think that we can only see in another person where we have been ourselves. I agree. And um, and I recognize it. I know what it looks like, and um, and especially sad eyes in the story, uh, because there's there was another person at the retreat whose name I just called Sad Eyes. Yes. You know, and she was looking like she was haunted by something that she couldn't seem to that something that was just that she something that she couldn't seem to forget or remember, uh, and I know what those feelings are. And when I began to play at the retreat, and I think this is. The most remarkable thing about my creative process is that I played the piano and I just played what I was feeling from them. After I sang a few lines of the song, uh, uh, the first part of so most of the song, uh, that, that evening, so many people came up to me and said, you were playing what was in my heart. Mm. You know, and so it's like, um, it's real that what they were feeling, I mean, that there, was some, there was a connection. It was something that was going on. And I'd never written a song like this song. That's, my timing is different. I mean, the, the words are slower, the, the pentameter, everything was just slowed down. And it was like, it kind of feels like a, an in-breath and an out-breath. So uh, it was a remarkable uh, a, a experience and um, also revelation that when we surrender to the greatness that we the, to the greater that's inside of us then and we there, tap the, into yes and we tap yeah. into that 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 one mind that feeling that is actually present because so often when you're in a retreat or you're in a group setting everyone has a commonality but you were open enough that you were able to pick up on it and then and then it revealed itself that everyone felt that yeah and it happens to me all the time it's like this time we're talking about sitting there playing at a retreat, but in a service at Agape, when Michael has, uh, has been speaking to, to, to the congregation or the audience and uh, just making and just bringing forth this wisdom and this beautiful um, teaching in the way that only he does, he'll say, Ricky Bibi, help him feel it. And then I'll start to sing. And people get it. It's like it's, it's a song I chose. The way I sing it, I mean, I just think it's the way the Spirit works in me. And that's why I know it's really real. And that even though I, my process of sitting down and breathing and in the way that the, process, the, the, the method of meditation has come to me sometimes does not feel like I'm in total alignment when I try to, I'm itching all the time sitting down and everything. But I know when I start to sing that I'm in total alignment that there is no separation, and it becomes more of who I am. It's well, I know I've gotten the opportunity yeah. to attend a Revelations at the Agape Center, and I urge my listeners, if you have the opportunity, go online, get yourself registered, enjoy an amazing weekend 
of spirit and music and color and beauty. It, it was absolutely incredible, and there was so much celebration and music, and it obviously you could tell that that you have created a very magical experience there in leading this the choir and, and just the whole musical side of the Agape Center, anywhere from the children who were absolutely brilliant in, in their performance to the choir and the adults and any individual that would end up performing. Oh, yes, I love that. And I love being able, uh, Michael, back with having the um, the vision to have music uh, uh, as, as a strong foundational piece of his ministry. And so, you know, I say I want to jump, and Michael says, "How high?" <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like it's very much the the mesh net that pulls everything together. Yes. Especially when you use music, that seems to integrate it for people. It seems to really wrap around the words that have been spoken or anything that is the theme of something going on. Music tends to really pull it all in, so that it's anchored. Definitely, and music. Music, I find that music and, and lights, uh, art, visual art, uh, dance and movement, that all of those aspects help to do that. And sometimes the thing that's most familiar to us, Simran, is music. But what I try to do is, in, is, is, is see what is the relationship between the arts so that we can use more of our talent and more of our art and hear from these artists who we could easily overlook for a speaker, you know, because in, in, the, um, in, 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 in the whole self-improvement, motivational, or even new thought movement and, the, and, and all the different ways that people are finding out about the greatness within themselves, most of the time that work uh, is done by, on, with speakers on the circuit. But for years, Earth, Wind, and Fire has been put, you know, we've oh, been yes. listening to this extraordinary music. And Alvin Ailey, you know, you have art that's here, but it may not have been, we may not have felt the connection of what Earth, Wind, and Fire was singing about to say what Jack Canfield, or, you know, is talking about. But he's actually absolutely talking about what they were singing about in the 70s. Well, I agree. They're, they're amazing. The Revelations conferences are absolutely amazing. So definitely uh, get in touch. Get connected to the AgapeLive.com website oh, yeah. and find out more about that. Now, in the book, you talked about going to the airport, and we've always been in this place where we get to the airport, and at least one time in all of our lives, I'm sure we've been there, and we stepped up to the <laughs> counter, and they say, you're just two minutes late. We just gave your seats away. <laughs> yeah. And you, you found yourself in that place, and Reverend Michael was able to get a seat but you were not, and we're going to have to go back home and fly the next morning. Mm -hmm. And as this ticket agent tries to make sense out of this nonsensical way that the airlines overbooked their flights, you pulled out a writing tablet from your purse and you scribbled, all things are working together for good. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, now here's a woman who takes lemonades and she squeezes the lemonade right then and there. Oh, yeah. And that's what you did. You just, it, it still, even though that was something that may not have been what you wanted in the moment, this was an inspiration for a line, or it was a thought that you needed to write down. Well, yeah, because I, I could see what was happening at the counter, and I just wanted to keep myself focused. And so I just wrote down all things are working together for the good. There was nothing, there was, there was, never, there was not a greater thing I could have been doing than that, was affirming that regardless of what I was seeing in front of me, because I really wanted to go to Detroit. It was my first trip to Detroit, and as the story goes, 
my, it was the day that Michael Jackson had died. Yes. You know, and the world was dealing with that. I mean, this great being, Michael Jackson, had passed away, and I was going to Detroit the day that Michael Jackson died. That was a big deal, you know, and I'm so happy to be going to Detroit. And then I get to the counter, and they go, like, you ain't going. You know, I was like, what? I got to go. But it was, like, not for me to go then. But when I got in the car and went home, Michael went. As the story went, Michael was able to get on the plane. But the highest good, all things are working together for the good, for me was not to be on the plane with Michael. The highest good for me was for me to go back home so that I can wake up. I could wake up the next morning and really get a sense of, in my soul, of the passing of Michael, go to my piano, begin to play in a Motown kind of way, and to feel my relationship with this individual that was so large but that was moving way too fast. And so this, just like I was moving way too fast in my life one time, and I began to do what artists do, just use all the elements of myself to paint the story of of how, you know, what it feels like when you're going so fast and you hit a glass with so much speed and you hurt yourself and you go like, ooh, you know, but you're moving fast because you're trying to feel something inside your soul. And I want to get back to that story right after this break, Ricky, because I think there's some important points there. Through her music, we catch a glimpse of Ricky Byers Beckwith's sacred evolution and the dual roles as planetary citizen and divine spirit. In the former, she echoes the voice of the earth through the songs such as The Earth is Free Again and Child of the Sun. Here, she implants wisdom upon the fertile ground of one's being to a path of awakening. One notes her reverence for life, the appreciation for the planet, and the sacredness of our human existence. In the latter, we observe the divine spirit commanding our attention and uplifting the planetary vibration. With songs such as Supreme Inspiration and her rendition of the Gayatri Mantra, Ricky calls upon souls to wake up. Such works are beyond mere feel-good music as they lift one into the higher realm. You can connect with Ricky Byers Beckwith at rickybb.com. That's www.rickybb.com. And also the work of both Reverend Michael and Ricky at agapelive.com. The book is entitled Let My Soul Surrender, Grace Notes of a Journey with the Companion CD of 15 Songs. We'll be right back with Ricky Byers Beckwith. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. listening 
listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Michael Bernard Beckwith wrote, This new project is special. Of course, this can be said about Ricky's entire body of creative works, but this one stands out as a statement about her inner evolutionary process, first as an individual dedicated to her growth and development, and secondly as an artist whose work is infused with her ever-deepening communion with the source of her inspiration. And that was written by Michael Bernard Beckwith, the founder of Agape International, author of Spiritual Liberation, Fulfilling Your Soul's Potential, and husband of Ricky Byers Beckwith. What's so important about that is so many people in doing their work in the world, it is important to also do your own personal process. Here is One with the One. Wondering why I hit the glass with so much speed What was I doing That I didn't see the glass I was moving way too fast I was moving way too fast Felt like I was standing still So I tried to gain some speed With my mind and with my will Wanting to feel something moving in me Moving like the fishes in the sea Rushing to get it done Needing to be one with the one with the real Vibration, sweet liberation Rushing to get it done Needing to be one with the one with the one One with the one with the one And that is One with the One by Ricky Byers Beckwith. This is on her companion CD to Let My Soul Surrender. Let's talk about the glass, Ricky. You had started into that story at the end of the last segment. And so often we do get in a position of going way too fast, not really knowing, seeing where we're going and just rushing about. Talk mm-hmm. about having been slowed down and, yeah. and what that period was like. Well, it's, uh, my, my uh, children ha- were becoming young adults and and this particular uh, uh, offspring of mine, my daughter, was it was around the time of her 21st birthday, and she had been going through some things, uh, you know, some really powerful growing pains, and uh, and just re- reaching and stretching and just trying to find her way. And parents sometimes want to help, but we don't know what to do, and we know that they need help, but we don't know what to do. And I just wanted to make her feel good, and it was her birthday, and you know, we went shopping at this little. Boutique. I was just really willing to, just wanted to make her feel good, you know. And I think we do that as, as Americans. We go buy something. <laughs> <laughs> so we were in this boutique, and um, then I looked around, and, and it was time to. I was like, Oh my God, I was out of time. You know, I needed to get back to, uh, the uh, to Agape and take care of my business, the, the things that I need, that I'm supposed to do. And I went rushing. I was like, We gotta go, you know. And then I went sailing through. And through going through the door, but it wasn't a door. It was a window that had no marking on it or anything. There was no way not to know anything. And I just went through it, and I, it was excruciating, uh, the pain that I felt. And I fell in the floor, and my head felt like glass was in it. 
and uh, and and my daughter was there to hold me and to just to and, and I just cried and she said she said you you need to cry mommy just let it out. <laughs> <laughs> but so often life gives us those opportunities to stop or slow down or to reflect and, and evaluate. And well, yeah, that, well, in that particular case, time because I hurt myself when I ran into that window. Uh, it took I had to slow down because I was my I had an I had injured my head. I still have a dent in my head from that collision with that glass. and um, But I also slowed down and began to let people help me mm. and began to be okay with the fact that folks have to find a way on their own terms. And, you know, sometimes it's best to step back and just let, and, and, and give our, our young people space to find themselves in their own way. And so I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Usually with the different experiences we have, there always is a gift. We just... Um have to allow that gift to come forward. Definitely, and the gift of this, of that, uh, that that particular song, that that collision, was uh, a consciousness of, um, of of I think it's just of, of of knowing that I just needed to stop, to stop mm-hmm. and to breathe, and all those things that meditation brings to one. And I did. I began to, you know, to just stop. I started to study the works of Rumi and Hafez, and I wrote a beautiful song called Tapping that is uh, very powerful. Charles Holt, a great singer, does it and does a good job with it. But tapping is about you tapping on my head. <laughs> is there something that I didn't do right, something that I need to know? You know, what, you know, what is it because there was so much pain in my head? But it was like uh, it was, it was in the, within that song, was the formula of what it is I needed to do, just like it always does. The Spirit just writes the way out for me. That's why I sit to write, because I know I can find it, even though when I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, I start to sing and I realize, oh, yeah, the answer is right here. You know, so that period gave me the answer of where my next stage of growth and development was, and it was to be in meditation, and it was to be in true surrender and letting go and letting my children find their way, and even letting Agape find its way, letting Michael find his way. You know, just stop and just like, who, where, you know, what is it that I came to do? Yeah, one of the powerful statements that you wrote in the book, and it was during this particular section, was uh, an artist will take the elements of living, be they happy or sad elements, and allow meaning to emerge from them in the expressions of art. And I really think that that's much of why we're all here. We we want to make meaning out of our experiences. We want to make meaning out of this human existence that we chose and allow it to turn into something. And I think it is a series of stops and starts and sometimes move quickly and sometimes really, really slow down. Mm-hmm. You're right, and, you know, it, it, there is meaning in all of it, but you have to really ask what is trying to come through. What is the message that this event is giving me? You know, what is it? I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was in Denver, and I was in concert, and right after the concert, my mom and I were on the freeway coming from a sightseeing tour, and a big deer buck jumps in front of the car. And uh, it was really quite <laughs> incredibly traumatic for my mom because she was just nurse. She had just gotten over being in an accident two years ago where she was hurt real bad, you know. But but and I was like, well, what 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 was the gift of this? And I'm finding it, you know, and that the gift is something that she really needed to have in her body. She needed massage. She needed, you know, Reiki. She needed constant that kind of care all the time it's good for her body she's 85 you know there was everything 
that she needed to have and feel she's getting now. You know, and I'm thinking, like, we wouldn't have been doing that because there was no alarm, but her body needed it anyway. So it's just really interesting. I think everything has something good to bring to us. We just need to know how to ask the right question. Well, and, and I think that leads right into part of the book, which I think is extremely important and probably most people out there need to read at this time, and it's centered around beliefs. And it was in, it centered around beliefs in uh, regarding prayer, ah. because you believe that one of the most sacred aspects of prayer was surrendering to that will of the divine will, and knowing that they're one and the same. But but then these things would happen in life that you would have to watch, and you couldn't pray hard enough to change them. And that was the that was probably where the angst was. And I'd like for you to talk about that because so often people feel like I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, but I'm still not seeing the result that I want. On the outside. Yes, and I have, like, the greatest teacher in the world, I think, as my teacher. And my teacher is Michael Beckwith. And uh, what I like about Michael is that um, the wisdom just flows from him. And, um, uh, and it's already in us, but, you know, it's resonating because, oh, God, it, it just must. And he says that prayer, true prayer is sitting down, you know, uh, and making contact with the divine that is within us without seeking to get anything from it. Yes. You know, and see, that's the big part, because I was praying to get something. I was trying to heal my friend from cancer. I was trying to um, uh, find the answer to why these young girls, these, these, these family members of mine were being, had been killed in these drive-by shootings. I was just trying to make sense of why this person was dying from cancer. I couldn't get it. I just didn't understand it. I just, you know, and I, finally I just, um, that whole a journey of, of in God's hands where this Buddhist monk showed me something, and it was like I think I really was trying to run the world from my perception, even with prayer and, 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 you know, thinking that I could say these words in this formula. If I could believe it, I could achieve it, you know. You know and, and I was working all the, all the things that you get, the, the, the formulas of living, and I'm thinking, like, well, all this stuff ain't working because this guy is still dying. And right. this, is my, this is one of my best friends, and he's an incredible singer. It's Carl Anderson. I couldn't get over the fact that with all of us praying, he still died. But I needed to know some things, you know. And, oh, man, it, I've learned so much with knowing that true prayer is putting ourselves in alignment, you know, so that we can see what is the highest and the best to unfold here. It goes right back to the one with the one story. It's like, was the highest and best for me to get on the plane because I wanted to fly with Michael? Or was it for me to, to miss the plane? Or was it for Carl to make his transition because his soul was on his own journey and it didn't look like what Ricky wanted his life to be? It was, he had a whole other contract with something that, that was greater and beyond what I could see. And so that is what I'm here to see. What is, what is, the, what is it that is emerging that is for the highest and the greater good for all? And not just me trying to get the universe to conform to what it is I see. That's just one very small part of it. There's a greater picture that is forming even as we try to think we're moving things around down here. You know, there's something for, to be said about us uh, uh, naming it and claiming it. That is very powerful work, but it's just one of the many stages. I mean, there's, when we step into a greater circle, you find that things come together even without you doing that because you're in alignment, so it happens on your behalf. Ricky Byers Beckwith. The website is rickybb.com. She
she states, there will be things that won't go the way you want them to. I can't pray the world into being what I want it to be, but I can pray for myself and strengthen the muscles of compassion that will allow me to see the best of life. I can pray to stay inspired and joyously deliver the gifts I came to bring. I can pray for a lot of things, but the most effective prayer is one of surrender, and not because I've been beaten down, but because I realize that there is an intelligence that is, to quote a gentle monk, way smarter than I am, and I can trust in it. I am with Ricky Byers Beckwith. Her new release is Let My Soul Surrender, Grace Notes of a Journey. And this is a wonderful book that shows you every story has a song. Every song has a story behind it. And sometimes the stories are exciting and hopeful. Sometimes they are heart-wrenching and full of questions. In Let My Soul Surrender, beloved singer and composer Ricky Byers Beckwith tells the fascinating stories behind each of the songs on her companion CD, also titled Let My Soul Surrender. We'll be right back with Ricky Byers Beckwith. RickyBB.com Awakened Media for a Transforming World Seventh Wave Network Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. I want you to enjoy this uh, wonderful segment from Let My Soul Surrender, the CD, and the song is entitled Sanctified Mabel. This is a song about Mabel, sanctified worship, could bring a bad situation to a state of harmony. Bye. 
Mabel is that elder, wiser woman, that woman that we end up growing into at some point through our experiences, and that woman that we need very much at this time, especially with much of what's going on in the planet and in many people's lives. Tell me what this song means to you, Ricky. Well, the song itself is a tribute to um, the praying women, the practitioners. I call them spiritual therapists. Uh, when, I, when, I, when the song revealed itself, I didn't know anybody named Mabel. I was just, this energy just came and I just started stumping my feet. This is a song about Mabel. Sanctify was she. You know, I just started singing this song. But I realized I was singing about my practitioner whose name is Lissa Sprinkles, who shows in the video of it, by the way. And then I was thinking about my mother, you know, and, you know I, because what they do is they allow us to see beyond the appearance of things. So you know how your grandmother, or I never had a grandmother. I mean, I never knew my grandparents at all. But now I, I'm surrounded by grandparent type. Chucks, I'm a grandparent myself, but I'm surrounded by uh, the elder wisdom of these women that are 75 years and older, and they'll go like, oh, baby, you know, like, let's just sit down and talk about it. Just that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, and they provide a space where you can talk and listen, and then they draw the circle wider. They go like, okay, check this out, because they are holding this consciousness for you of this greater picture, and uh, they are absolutely necessary for us. We, we need them. You go through this book and you write about many things, both current and in the past. You write about war going on. You write about uh, segregation and, and, and different things. So you really bring a lot of your own history into the makeup of the songs and into the, the story of, of how this all progresses. And I, want, I know you're from the South. You're, you're from near where I am. Uh, you grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. How did growing here influence you to lean in a direction that is more new thought? Because it is very different than most of the South, especially at that time, was. Well, I don't think that growing up in the South helped at all. I believe it was growing up in New York after, um, uh, after my, in my early 20s when I journeyed to New York looking for Stevie Wonder so that he could give me a record deal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was so green behind the ears. Oh, what a what a, what what an interesting being I was. But anyway, when when I hit New York, my uncle, uh, who was into New Thought, said, "You know what? If you're going to be in this industry, I'm going to give you something to give you some tools to work with, because you're going to need this." And he took me to my first lecture at um, at Alice Tully Hall in Lincoln Center, and at that time, uh, Raymond Charles Barker was the speaker, was the, the teacher there. And I began to learn about something beyond Catholicism, beyond a fundamental Christian religion, and, uh, and learn just another side of the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of, of an expanded awareness of consciousness. And it was so good for me. So it was really my time in New York that really um, uh, opened my mind up. Very, very good. Did, did, did you take anything... How did you take what you learned and pass that on to your children, or was that something that they kind of picked up just being around you, or were you in a place that you just really had to concentrate so much on yourself? Well, I think probably growing up in the South in Charlotte and Atlanta, Georgia, back and forth like that, you know, and I was in a family, a big family, where we didn't have um, the kind of money that some families 
or have these days, and there were lots of folks in our family, um, and I didn't have an instrument, you know, uh, but we had a lot of love, and we and I had always had this musical talent, even though they didn't celebrate it a lot. I did, <laughs> <laughs> and I learned to work with what I had. I learned to work with what I had, and I learned that you don't need to have music lessons, and you don't need to have a lot of things if you're a natural talent, if you have the love for what it is that you do and you're willing to work at it long enough, it will reveal its secrets to you and help you map the journey that takes it into the world. And that's what I did. And that's what I learned. And that was what I have also, I believe, that's one of the greatest gifts I could give to my to my children who are both producers. And they're not children anymore. They're like 28 and 29. And they are finding their way, and they're brilliant. So uh, I'm just really thankful, you know, that I that I didn't have what I thought I wanted and needed, that I didn't get the record deal that I so pined for and suffered for, you know, and that I really st- stuck with what it was that I did, which was tell a story through music. And now it reveals so much love. I mean, there's so many people who love what I do everywhere I go. You know, they love me. They love the music. They love Michael and I. They love what we're doing. And that is something that I didn't, I couldn't wish for because I didn't know about it. And I know I've often heard uh, Reverend Michael say that we are prepared for the greater vision that we may not know, even though we think we're working towards a, a different vision, but we're always being prepared for something much greater. Absolutely, and that's what we were talking about before with in God's hands and the story of, of, you know, this thing didn't work out like I wanted to do and I was praying for this because I couldn't see the bigger picture. I couldn't even see that Michael was down the line. You know, I couldn't see any, any agape. It didn't even exist and at the time. It existed somewhere but not in form. You know, I was in New York. You know, Michael was in Los Angeles. It, but isn't it interesting how it all worked? so that I would end up there and I would meet this individual that would become my teacher and my songwriting partner and and then eventually my husband. I I mean, it's just incredible the way, you know, this universe is working together, like all things are working together for the good, but I, you know, needed to get my mind straight. Most definitely. One other piece in the book that I really liked was where you were writing about um, Mainline and and the, the song that you were um, really having a feeling about James Brown's music and that sort of thing. But the sentence that I really wanted to bring about was uh, that the writing of that was a great example of what can happen when we call upon spirit with a receptive mind. Can you talk about the receptive mind? Yes, I can. And that's what I was talking about earlier when we were talking about let my soul surrender in preparing for something great to happen. Because I don't know that my mind has always been receptive at at meditation retreats because I have such resistance going to them. But I become receptive once I let it go, you know. And when you call upon spirit with a receptive mind, it's like that all things are possible, that I open my heart up with joy and watch and see what happens. And, oh, wow, that was really a great song. I couldn't, I can't believe the way it turned out. And that is a funky jam. And I know James Brown is happy I wrote that song. <laughs> I think he is, too. And honestly, there were so many clips that I wanted to play tonight. But the show, we, we've, we've talked and had such a great conversation that I ran out of time, and I couldn't play everything I wanted to play. I also love the interlude for your grandson that you 
grandchild that you wrote as well. So I recommend all of my listeners to connect with Ricky Byers Beckwith. You can go to her website at www.rickybb.com. You can also connect to Reverend Michael Beckwith and Ricky at theagapelive.com and find out about a lot of the wonderful things there along with the Revelations Conference that they hold. And definitely get your copy of Let My Soul Surrender, Grace Notes on Grace Notes of a Journey with the Companion CD. And while you're uh, ordering that, go back and order some of her other CDs because they are just going to move you in a way that you will not believe. Ricky, it has been an honor and a pleasure having you on. I uh, always enjoy the work that both you and Reverend Michael do, and Mm. thank you very much for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Oh, you're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Uh, Join me next week. I will be having Barbara Marks Hubbard. We have a great lineup coming up over the next few weeks. Barbara Marks Hubbard is going to be talking about Birth 2012. The week following, we have Jack Canfield. And then we have a lineup of Shakti Gwain, Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes, and many more, always bringing you wonderful words of wisdom from the world's greatest teachers. Until next time, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.